the first law of Ivanova's hair. Doesn't make any sense. Do the IMDb corner because oh, good grief. Look, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? You and I being of firm New England stock understand yes. what it means to be emotionally bound up. This might be my adult brain. Look at you being all judgy. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I generally want uh, less Jack the Ripper. I should probably just cut all of this. The dutiful master of horse. Brain, brain, what is brain? Oh, I'm sorry. Suck it, DS9. I'm full of tinier vorlons! Cougar for Cocoa Puffs. Don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. I think I've had enough of you. I shall sail into the west and remain Garibaldi. What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her? Episode 103. The core is mother. The core is father. In which Bester mentors some young telepaths and introduces them to all his friends on the station. Coming to you live from the Psydome, where questions are a burden to others and answers are a prison to oneself. This is the name of the pod, your Babylon 5 podcast, where we talk about the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990s television show Babylon 5. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Tatro, and joining me, as always, my good friend and co-host... Number 39. John Cassie, come on. Yes, yes, How's yes. it going, man? Well, I, I don't know if you wanted to remain anonymous. It's fine. You know. Yeah, well, a little late after 102 yeah, episodes. Yeah. The horse is, is a bit out of the barn. A little bit. Who is number one? You are number six. You are number six. It's all about where you put the comma in that. Totally, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that meme where you know, it's like uh, the uh, standard comma, Oxford comma, Walker, Walken comma, Shatner comma? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the yep. same kind of thing, right? Yeah. The, um, the comma makes all the difference in the prisoner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Definitely. don't know that it makes much of a difference in the core is mother, the core is father. I couldn't really see any other place to put it in that yeah. title. Yeah. You're right. It seems right it there. seems it's in the right place. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like Bester's heart. Just like Bester's in the right heart. Place. Mm, he's, yes. he's acting from a position of, of do, wanting to do what's best for his people. Indeed he is. And we see a lot more of that. I, mean, I think we always knew that about him. But we get a lot more of it here. For sure. And, and yeah, and we, we, while we don't necessarily see his motives, which we saw as m- much more back in the, the episodes with, uh, with Kat- Catherine. Catherine, was that his, his uh, lover's name? Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah, I get confused between the captain's woman and the psychops woman. Yes. Sea names yes. that JMS seems to be dropping all over the place. It's maybe mm. he's got a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, maybe not as much of, of why he's doing stuff, but how he does, how he lives his life, how he presents himself. Uh, yeah. In this episode. Yeah. A little and, bit of, a little bit of, um, a day in the life of of someone who works for the Psy Corps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, a little yeah. bit of that sort of law and order mundaneness, you know. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, I, I have to say, I think this, I might have liked this episode even better if they, they hadn't had to go to Babylon 5. If it had agreed. been completely on Earth or it had been sort of detached from from that it's it's good that we get the we get the 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 repeat of interactions with zach right which never go very well for anybody involved right so we've we've got that touchstone but i think you could 
I think you could get that from really any kind of mundane security person. Uh, you know, although I, maybe maybe just a, a random guard security staffer person might not be as cheeky. Well, because Babylon Five is independent, and the staff of Babylon Five have a long history of dealing with Bester mm-hmm. being really morally dubious, uh-huh. and and giving them a real hard time, a run for their money. And they believe they come out on top every time. Totally, uh, you know, Bester's. Bester's aides mm. don't appreciate context. Yeah. And they don't know all of the sort of dark things that Bester has done, let alone what he's been accused of doing. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just the things that he's done are problematic enough. Mm-hmm. And, and so it almost gives him an opportunity to further enhance his minions' loyalty by taking them out to the you know to the yeah. the deep dark frontier where 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 mundanes can't be trusted you know yeah and and where they're going to squirm when i walk in they're going to they're going to show me the proper deference right right um, having said that I agree with you. It would have been very interesting to see this being an entirely, you know, almost like one of those episodes of any of these programs where they've run out of money and all they can do is sort of sit in rooms and talk to each other. Sure. Right. You know, something that was really, um, you know, of that type. Mm. That would have been just fine, it seems to me. I would have loved to have learned more about the psychor um yeah you know i think yeah, we learned we, a lot but i would have been we, intrigued to learn yeah. more you know yeah we do get some uh, from by by way of reflection right uh, and and in the things that his pupils are are you know teach you know, saying to him and how they how they treat him and what they you know the kind of attitudes that they have right um but uh yeah you know i mean I, in the end, you know, yes, we get the interaction with Zach, who is who is going to give us exactly what Zach always gives us when Bester shows up, right? Um, and then we and get Stephen gonna, Franklin, and we get Stephen Franklin, which is which is also very nice and very good, right? And I think the I think the sentiments that that Franklin uh, sort of puts forward at the end there about how yeah, I would have caught you. Go ahead and read me. I right. I don't know that they would have been as convincing if it were from a character that we'd never seen before. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, you're we, totally right. We we know, and we talked about this last week. You know, the we know where Stephen Franklin's heart is now. Right. We know that he is that that compassionate soul who would have caught anybody. Right. Would have caught anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's gotten himself in trouble in the past for for catching people, as it were. Right. Uh, you're, you're talking about believers. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe I'm talking about believers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about believers. Don't go yeah. back and watch it. Mm. It's dreadful. Um, so, so we've got a uh, a renegade P10 slash P12 
Sure. This yeah. could not have been more 90s, this multiple personality thing. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's like, yeah. come on. Right? Yeah. Especially, I'm a little, well, not a little, I'm, I'm, I'm rather disappointed. You know, for JMS has a background in psychology. Right. You know, that, that this is how you present multiple personality disorder. This is how you present any kind of mental illness in in your show. He's kind of, it's been a swing and a miss every time. Right. Do you remember back in the 1990s when we were, when, when we thought that we were living in in an enlightened age. Oh, sweet mercy. Right. It's not barbaric like the 70s, right? Now... Be canceled in a, in a heartbeat today. Right, right. From our, yeah. from our vantage point here in 2020 when we surely are living in barbarism anyway, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Now you look back and it's like, oh my God, mm. really? Yeah. Well, you know, at the same time that this was... No, I guess it was... It was uh, it was definitely earlier than 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 this. Um, we had uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol comic, yes, which I think ran. I want to say ran from the late '80s into the mid '90s or so, uh, with with the character Crazy Jane, uh, another multiple personality disorder right. character, uh, who had I think sixty four, sixty eight different personalities, and each one had a different superpower, and you know. Okay, on the surface, that sounds that sounds super hacky. But then right. he kind of he kind of took it. You know, exploring. You know, of course, comic books. You can go inside someone's psyche. You sure, can, you can actually see the visualizations of all of these personalities inside, right. struggling for control. Um, and there was there were some really interesting things done there. And I think the 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 Doom Patrol television show that that they came out with last year did did a pretty good job of exploring Jane's psyche huh um but uh but yeah it's it's multiple personality disorder and you know one of the personalities having you know weird powers or or you know being super strong and angry uh it's it's, it feels like a very 90s thing yeah totally totally Um, but we're not even slagging it no i'm just observing it right yeah from this vantage Um, point re-watching it it just feels sort of old-fashioned yeah you know yeah. Yeah, I don't think you'd see that kind of storyline today. Yeah, not that way. No. Right. It might read yeah. more like a Sense8 kind of thing. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. which would not be so bad. Right. Um, right. And, you know, it's but kind story, of too bad it's... because this Jonathan Harris character mm-hmm. is is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Well acted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I found him I found him interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of intrigued by you know where 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 is he going? Yeah, you know what's he trying to accomplish? You know, mm-hmm. unlike say, you know Jason Ironheart or whatever who was yeah. just such a ham. You know, right, right. We we we've had five years of growth. You know, in the in the writing and the direction and the uh, you know improvement of of putting these characters on screen, um, and really you know the. The story with, with pursuing him and his, you know, uncontrollable, you know, alter ego abilities kind right. of thing is, is it's really like disposable, I think, in this episode. Yeah. It's it's fine, but that's not what we're here for. Yeah, right. You right, know, it's, right. it's, it's secondary and doesn't really need a lot of attention or depth put into it. Right. 
you know, other than it's something for Bester and his pupils to play off of. Right. It's interesting, but peripheral. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so we, we, we see the Psychor mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of its facilities and sort of how it, you know, how it's sort mm-hmm. of structured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bester's not the leader. You know, that was very amusing because he's certainly given off that air. For sure. When he's on the station. And then, you know, he's in the office like, oh, I've written up that report. I'll get it on your desk, you know, by, by 4.30, sir. You know, right. It's like, oh, you're middle management here. Right. You're, uh, you know, you're, right. you're, you're, you're just a guy. Right. You're the, you're the Schmendrick who gets sent to Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because nobody else wants to deal with it. Right. Right, you're the one who, who, uh, who drew that short straw, and now you're sort of the Babylon Five specialist. Right. When you know nobody, nobody wants that brief. Right. Um, Place is a mess. Right, right, and you know the the fact that he is, I mean, almost immediately subordinated to this boss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, it helps put him in it. It helps put the character into a different context, which I thought was was, was compelling. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and we definitely see uh, a number of times the different faces that he's putting on for each of the people he's interacting with. Totally. You know, and and there's even the you know he he when he leaves the the meeting. What is he is he meeting with uh, with Franklin? You know, and he he's like. Oh, we'll we'll take control of this. But he steps into the hallway and like immediately just like poops himself. He's like, "This is bad. This is really bad. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> we are so screwed." Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we definitely see the 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 different faces that he puts on there, and that's that. I, I that gave me a big chuckle. It gives Walter Koenig a little bit more to do. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he he's good with that nuance. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, he's he's. It's almost like he's never been more interested in the character than right now. And therefore his, you know, he brings out subtleties and shades mm-hmm. that maybe, you know, in the past he didn't, he didn't quite get to because he wasn't given the opportunity to or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot more depth when, you know, it's, it's probably very fun to play the mustache twirling villain. How can it not be? Yeah. But. But now he's been in this role for, you know, off and on for five years. Right. A lot this season. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's more, if you'll pardon the expression, he's more in Bester's head. Sure. Bester's more in his head. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got the, the, the time to have grown comfortable. And, and there's definitely some good meat in this script for him to, you know, to work with. 100%. Yeah. Um. So we have a we have a crime of a particular you know of a particular kind. Yeah, a mind right? crime. A mind crime, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want a eurythmic song to back that up. You, you probably do or yeah, or a mind Iron crime song or something. Yeah. <laughs> um and it was interesting to me that 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 their approach was sort of 
law and order conventional. Very much so. Right? Like, there's no other kinds, you know, do you, why are you doing justice like you're in America in 1990? 19, 19, mm. Right? It might have been an opportunity to try out some new, you know, sci-fi stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, JMS has brought us strange judges, uh, you know, legislating from places of a different moral context or authority than than our own. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been interesting, you know, put put them in front of a side judge to get a warrant or something like that, just to play with it, yeah. you know? Yeah, shake it up a little bit more and and because he's got he's got a lot of room in this episode to to play with. He's got a, a big sandbox that's yeah. not his usual territory and he doesn't have to worry about muddling up a lot of other stuff at this right. point. Right. If he if he introduces some weird like you say, some weird side judge, you know. Yeah. Oh, here we're going to put on the 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 helmets of uh, forbearance, where we <laughs> where we take the oath to 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 bring to justice and and clear the engrams from the from the mind of our. Uh, anyway, yeah, he could do something weird, but it was really just so on the level. Right. I mean, you know, look, we we, we have the mind wiping of uh, Brad Darif, yeah. right, from the past as something that yeah. we could, you know, bring into this somehow. Yeah. But it goes back again, I think, to what you were saying about the telepath war, you know, back in Phoenix Rising. Yeah. Is it's almost like a missed opportunity. Yeah, for sure. That that you have this. These vistas of psionic ability to explore and you do it like a Law and Order episode. Right. Right. Another missed opportunity. Right. Yeah. Again, you know, that might have been too distracting from giving Bester the spotlight. Right. If we had a lot of other weirdness kind of going on. But, uh... Right. And and yet, we saw in the the scene where the two psychops in training are doing that attacking exercise. Yeah. We got a sense of what that might look like. We got just a a quick moment of, uh, of, of special effects, yeah. Right. Now, I can appreciate that those visual effects now read a bit like, you know, VR5 or, mm-hmm. you know, they read as cheese ball. Yeah. And they were probably expensive. Okay. I'm sure they were. Um, and so I'm not saying go back to Phoenix Rising and do that. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that there was some thinking about what, telepathic war looks like mind war looks like yeah and if that episode that we saw had had only two or three minutes of that mm-hmm. oh that would have been totally interesting absolutely yeah absolutely um, would have so you know, again perhaps perhaps in yeah. the missed opportunity column right yeah very shadowy looking very shadowy very shadow ship on the on the attack yeah side there yeah. yeah sort of going back to this idea that the vorlons Mm-hmm. You know, sure. uh, you know, created all these telepaths, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But my, I mean, my my ears went up as soon as I saw that. I was like, oh, are they suggesting that there are still some of the the shadow kin right influences right. Know, within the psychor? Right. We know they were there before. Right. You know, has it been for, totally purged? Hmm. 
Yeah. Are these the techniques that they're taught to use by their uh, by their ancient and learned masters? Precisely. Yeah. Mm. Very hard to know. Um, yeah. But that was definitely something that that stuck out to me as well. Yeah. Um, as a you know as a missed opportunity. Um, what did you make of the the sort of the journey that this Jonathan Harris character was in? when he was at when he was on Babylon 5 you know uh, it was you know i i didn't i don't know i didn't get a sense of a, of a really a coherent journey there very much you seem because he was getting pulled back and forth by this by this other personality intervening right um you know he 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 was wanting to get away certainly and you know much in the in the same as you said the uh um Jason Ironheart. I almost said Michael Ironsides, but I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, that isn't right. Yeah, I've, I've done that before. Uh, you know, the, the the looking to get away, to escape, to get get out of control of the uh, of the uh, of the Psycor, and that it didn't sound like he was very very aware of what was going on with himself either. No, it's very clear he had no idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And that that was troubling and sort of horrifying to him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, again, because this actor—I don't know what the actor's name is—but um, that this actor was quite good at at kind of capturing the kind of uncanniness and the 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 un, unnerviness mm-hmm. of being, uh, you know, a psi who. Is somehow out of control. Yeah, I mean, he knows he's out of control, right? But he doesn't know in what way or how or what he's yeah. doing, right? Yeah, Interesting. yeah. He, I mean, he knows enough to know that that if they catch if if they catch him and he's out of control, well, that's going to mean a dissection slab. Let's right. know, let's face it here right. that 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 anybody who's not you know by plan and by order is uh is in for a, a bad time of things just ask talia winters right um right poor talia winters yeah um, now go uh i i was gonna i was gonna ask about uh the uh i didn't write her name down his student uh, and right. the, the awkward advances Ugh. investors and and the did we have to have a callback for it at the end? Ugh. Uh, uh, no, I mean, no, talk, no. Yeah, talk about something that is sort of perfectly encapsulating the '90s. That oh yeah, right. It was in 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 all of the wrong ways. Um, I just I you know I don't know I. I I don't even know why you would put that into a script in in the '90s. Maybe that's just too much of my modern thinking, you know, reflecting on it. But it just it felt even writing that in there just feels wrong and creepy and bad. And yeah, you know, and and like you just need to call HR. You know, it's that's not you know, there's this fraternization is not acceptable, right? At any level, right? Um, but. Yeah, it's yeah in but, in this well, sort maybe, of Harvey Weinstein kind of yeah you know yeah 
Um, well, maybe something within the psychor or within the psychops in particular allows for the, maybe this is more common, but but we didn't get any of that kind of commentary. You know, if there'd been a line about, well, you know, the we're not we're not held accountable to the sexual mores of the mundanes. Um, right. Still would have felt kind of weird, but but would have at least given it some context. Right. Yeah. And, you know, here's how sort of messed up this is. Yeah. At the time, it might very well have been read as progressive. Oh, then look, turned her she's down. making a pass. Yes. Not him. Yeah. And he's turning it down. Well, yeah. look at how progressive I, we are, you know. Well, and I think it's also there to demonstrate that Bester is not a complete monster. Right. You know, that he's right. not going to be like, well, little lady, come on in and, you know, and, uh, you know, abuses his position of power and right. know, all sorts of oral, other kinds of terrible things. Right. Um, uh, but then again, you know, we don't really know what it's like when telepaths make love. You just can't stop yourself, can you? I could not. <laughs> I could not stop myself. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we but, have some sense of it. Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah, far more do. sense of it than I frankly need or want yeah um but yeah it it was you know it was uncomfortable and then the callback at the end was like how oh, does that need to be there really right. and we're setting this up really right. um uh, but you know an interesting little little twist at the end with ensign perky yes uh, you know and when you know she wants to be the one to take care of the mundane right you know and and she's almost gleeful about it. Right. Uh, so, you know, she she comes off throughout the episode as being you know, a little a little naive, a little bit maybe a little bit less cynical, less monstrous than we see. Totally. Uh, but you no, know, at the end of the day, oh, well, it's just a mundane. I guess we'll just space them. Right. And that's fine. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. Um, yeah. Disturbing. Yeah, I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I was off my my game watching this episode, but I didn't see that little I didn't see that little thing coming. Huh. I normally don't see that sort of thing coming. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she said that she wanted to do it, I, I knew we were oh. going to see the body floating. Oh, yeah. at that point I did. Yes, but but you know. I, there, there were no, there were no hints, no indications beforehand that she was, that she would move in that direction. Uh, yeah, I, I can, yeah, yeah I can appreciate yeah. that. So, um, hmm. More interesting if we were ever going to see this character again, but I, I doubt in the, uh, handful of episodes that we have left, we would. Almost certainly not, right? Unless this were being put in as a backdoor pilot for, you know, like, like you know, Bester's, you know, workplace uh, sitcom, you know, show to follow up this one or something. Right, right. Um, he has to have the boss over for dinner and, you know, he's burned the roast and he makes, you know, steamed hams in the oven. And Can you imagine Bester as like a three camera like, uh, you know, who's the boss or, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, Cosby Show kind of sitcom. Yeah. As long as we're going with the, like, creepy and gross and inappropriate. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I've been uh, uh, I've been watching the Mary Tyler Moore show mm. because it's uh, the whole thing is on Hulu and yeah. you know it's a classic and it turned it's fifty years old now oh, right wow. and some of the things that happen in that office oh mercy <laughs> right yeah. even in the nineties they would have been eye rolling. But then yeah. there's other stuff that's far more progressive than even what we just saw in this episode of Babylon 5. Yeah. Right? Um, it's a funny little world we live in. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah. This episode was directed by Stephen First. Oh, okay. And I thought Makes he did a competent sense. job. Yeah. Has he done the other Bester episodes? I don't know. I think he's done a couple of them. I, I want to say the one with the, the weird, like, like drug was him. Um... Uh, Let's see. Let's. If only we had an internet on which we could search. If only the internet existed. Yeah. Yeah. What, how do people? You know, how do people even make podcasts before uh, before the internet? You know, I don't even. It's so helpful for research. Really. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there's this one: deconstruction of falling stars and illusion of truth. Yeah. So no, he has not done the. He, I, I was thinking he had done the other. Um, I can't remember the name of that of that like telepath drug. The one that Jakar took. Oh, I can't um, remember. Yeah, yeah. No, but um, but all of them, all of them, great episodes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's very skilled. Yeah. And all of them, all of them, kind of at a forty-five degree angle to the to the regular path of the show. Yeah, for sure. Now that you look at it, Illusion of Truth was was one of those you know media expose right. things. Deconstruction is a, a very unusual episode. Right. And then this one, which doesn't... I, are the only station personnel that we get Zach and Steven? I think so, yes. Yeah, I don't think we had... Any, so that's two episodes in a row with Noah Lockley, who I right. think would be here to see Bester. Um, so... Yeah. Good job, Stephen, first. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is, this some of that is the last... This is the last Stephen First direction that we'll get. Um, uh, yes. Although he does direct two episodes of Crusade. Oh, I see. We're not covering that on this program. Um, that's fine. Um, yes. We got a couple of Janet Greeks coming, so that's nice. Good, good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, is there... Good. Is there any part of this that you, you know, that that kind of you wanted? I mean, look, it that you wanted to be different. What I mean by that is, so I watched this episode and two things come to mind. Mm -hmm. Clearly, it's connected to JMS and his work on the Twilight Zone. Uh Right, because this kind of thing... The look, the shadows, the messaging, all of this kind of stuff. It's right. all very Twilight Zone-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we haven't talked about it for many seasons of our program, but in the early days, we talked regularly about how much we love and continue to love Space Above and Beyond. I'm not familiar with the show. I don't think you've ever <laughs> yeah, mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that show has an episode... Which features the education of a uh, of an in vitro human who's born at age eighteen, and they're sort of trained to serve, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, the the particular in vitro that we get to know on the program um, is a free thinker, and yeah, you know, never I, really much about following orders. Not much for following <laughs> no. orders, no. And it might have been interesting to give us with these two trainees mm. each having a very different both aligned to the psychor yeah but with a very different kind of feel or vibe off of them yeah yeah they were they were both you know they were both pretty you know slavishly devoted yeah yeah to to bester and to the core yeah um you know the one was a little more of a troublemaker or a you know, willing to willing to bend the rules a little bit, but but it, you're right. It would have been it would have been nice to see something a little different. But I guess that the whole point of the core is beating out the individuality. And, yeah, and you know, making sure everybody is on the on the very narrow path. Right, right. Um, yeah, that might have been. Yeah, but much like you know, much like the 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 other backdoor pilot earlier this season with the rangers uh right you know been interesting to kind of show a little bit more of the breadth yeah uh, yeah of the of the recruits Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i i thought i thought all told even though i would have wanted this episode to actually be much earlier in babylon 5 yeah right season two I don't know if I'd want it that early. Early season three, I think. Yeah, that's kind of where my I, head is thinking. Yeah, we 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 definitely want this to be later on. You know, to we don't want to humanize Bester too early. Right. It, precisely. It, precisely. I think it's important to to we don't and we don't want to show him being sort of uh, being called you know called in by Mister Slate to deliver the you know, the the, <laughs> the report or whatever. Uh, and show him as a flunky. Yeah, we, right. We we want we want the illusion of of who Bester is maintained. Um, I yeah, I probably would have. I might have put this into season four somewhere around the other Bester kinds of episodes there with the with the the sleeper telepaths. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I would have put it early into season two. Maybe yeah, mid to late three, four. Yeah, yeah. Just give us, especially if then there were more opportunity to take the things that we've learned about Bester and about, you know, his, his students, they could become both become recurring, you know, characters. And well, I guess right. one of them isn't going to be too recurring. Right. Uh, but uh, take them and, and have them come back more, you know, work on, we'd have more opportunity to, to, to build on that than we do here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So what else? We miss anything that, uh, you know that that fills it in for me. I uh, I love you know, the attention to detail of the signs on totally. the walls yeah. in in the the the, the psychop headquarters that the font was the, the prisoner font. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what that it. font is called, but um, yeah, I've seen the name. I remember I remember hunting it down back in the nineties, right? And they're finding fonts in the very early internet age was was an exercise, you know, young, if there are any younger listeners out there, I doubt there are, maybe a few. Right. Uh, but it was, uh, I remember trying to track it down from my old, my old Macintosh. And, uh, um, yeah, I just always called it the prisoner font since then. But, you know, you know what it is. Right. When you see it. Right. Yeah. 
Um, brilliant. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's a wrap for this week, and uh, we hope that you'll uh, leave some comments. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Uh, tell us what you else you would have liked to see from Bester or different uh, angles on the episode. Uh, tell us on Facebook. Shoot us an email. Name of the pod at gmail dot com. Um, and we will see you next week. Until then. Bye, folks. Bye.